Welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in to another episode. We always appreciate it when you guys tune in, and as usual, we are sponsored by Rube's Brews. Please check them out on Facebook and or Instagram for upcoming Rube's Brews news. Oh, that was a lot of uh, rhyming there. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so for my guest tonight, um, we uh, I can I can say this about my next guest. We we just finished up with our last practice of the season. Um, I have here in front of me today. I'm going to go ahead and uh, read off the titles here. Uh, but he is uh, currently uh, my assistant coach on the uh, Mansfield JV Bronze uh, High School Hockey Team. And he is a ex-collegiate uh, hockey player. So we're going to get into this. We've been trying to schedule this for quite a while. But with both of us having to uh, coach and, and some other things going on, uh, we just hadn't found found the time, but uh, with the season coming to a close, I would like to invite Isaac Serena onto the show. Isaac, thank you so much for coming on. Perfect. Um, thank you for having me, and finally excited to get this going and have this talk. It's well, been a while that it, we've been talking about this. It has it has been a while, Isaac. And uh, well, I I do feel like part of the, part of the the thing though is that you're 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 in school full time. Uh, you're coaching, uh, giving private lessons. And high school season is almost at its end here. So I felt like with us having kind of an earlier end time tonight, that this might be the time to do it. So I'm, I'm glad that we were able to find this time. Agreed. Yeah. Excited to be here and excited to finally do this. Yeah. Well, hey, so uh, we should probably just kick it off and get uh, straight into your story here because uh, most of our guests, we, we start them off with kind of the same, uh, the same start to their journey. and we kind of want to get into how you got, not necessarily how you got uh, started playing hockey, but but what was your first interest? When's the first time that you, uh, I don't know, maybe your ears perked up a little bit or you thought, hey, uh, the sports, uh, I might be interested in this. Can you, do you remember that? Because I'm sure it was a long time ago, but can you remember what actually got you interested in the sport? Well, 100%. Um, Michael Kondrachuk was a buddy of mine um went to high school together but he is his dad was from canada and they were playing out of the old duncanville rink whenever that was still around there's a lot of stories so far from a lot of my guests that start at this <laughs> duncanville rink that i'll never get to visit but uh anyway we have another one that started at the duncanville rink but please continue and um he invited me out i think i was either six or seven i was a really late starter to hockey but he invited me out to watch him play and I told my parents, hey, I want to try this. And they made it happen. Yeah. And that was, it just took off from there, to be quite honest. So did you start at the dunk? You started at the Duncanville rink, though? Is that the first yep. time that you touched the ice? First time I ever touched the ice was the Duncanville rink. And then my first two seasons I did, it was house for two full years. Mm -hmm. So summer and winter, but I would do winter out of the Duncanville rink and then I'd do summer out of the parks mall. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, um, and I don't know, have you had Dave Ambler on here yet? No, I have not. So he, uh, he was my one a coach cause he coached me for my first two seasons at the parks mall. Yeah. That's whenever he came down here and now he's big with the, I think he's with the stars elite right now. Yeah, he uh well and then I also know that he has uh he has kids playing uh regularly hockey too. Yeah. I I did a drop in with him with um some Stars alumni at a farmers branch and like a couple of us who played for Dallas Stars Elite. Um 
and a couple of buddies of mine who are in college still um, were semi-pro, and he was out there, and he's on the ice, and had been forever since I'd seen him, so it was cool yeah. to reconnect with him there. Well, but yeah, well, Dunkinville rink. Yeah, and then uh, and here's another thing I like to piggyback off this, Isaac, is uh, he is somebody that I, I want to have on the pod. I've reached out to him, but I don't have, like, the best uh, – it hasn't been through uh, uh, digital numbers. It hasn't been through cell phone text. So um, if you happen to see him again, or if anybody that's listening happens to see him, uh, bug him about coming on the show because I have been told before that uh, he would be a good guest. So one hundred percent. If you if you happen across him again, because uh, I heard that he might have some hockey stories uh, uh, that might be yes. good. <laughs> yeah. yes. Some uh, old because we like those old school hockey stories, Isaac. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was told that he might have a few. But uh, anyway, um, so but you're getting into this, and your parents aren't. Um, they're not hockey people by any means. So they just kind of they they see their son uh is is uh, wanting to get invested or wanting to start doing something um and i'm assuming that they're just kind of cool with it and they're wanting you to kind of start off but they they don't really know what they're getting into just quite yet because you're just kind of starting off um at what point do you start to get i don't know kind of good and at what point does it get i don't, I don't want to say serious because we'll save that for your uh, you know, elite and uh, collegiate years, but at what point are you like, okay, like I want to take this from playing just regular, you know, youth rec hockey to um, playing competitive, and, and what does that look like? So, at first, whenever I started with, actually, let me back up just a little bit. You can back up. You can do anything. So, what? growing up, the my closest sibling is eight years older than me, so it was mm-hmm. sort of like an only child in a way. Right. Um, so growing up, I did, yeah, I mean, you named it, I played it. I mean, they let me try everything. I did yeah. um, T-ball, fell out of love with baseball really quickly because it was too slow. For <laughs> same, me. same. Um, tried golf, way too slow for me. Yep. was really big into football. My dad played junior college football, so I continued that until middle school. Yep. Um, but... Uh, did BMX biking, basketball. I mean, so you've tried but, them all. Yeah, tried them all, and it was. I think it was pretty obvious to them too, because my mom she'll always tell this story of the first time I went to practice and I was falling over the place, mm-hmm. looked like a baby deer on the ice, and she asked me, "Do you want to keep doing this?" And apparently, I responded with, "I'm going to be the best backward skater <laughs> on the team by next season." So, if I didn't. I didn't know that I was serious about it yet, but it right. was kind of from starting off. But um, after my first two full years, I went and I tried out and I made a Brahmas back mm-hmm. then. And I was exposed um, to some higher level players for the first time who I developed really quickly because I was always on the ice. I was living at the rink at six, seven, eight years old. Yep. Um, and then the first year Brahmas was, went really well. And then the second year Brahmas, uh, Yoni Latola, mm-hmm. if you know that name. Yes. Gr- unbelievable guy. Yeah. He's also a manimal. He's like 60 years old. Yeah. And is in insane shape. Mm-hmm. Does things all over the Metroplex with hockey and... Another person I'd really like to have on. He, yes. And, he, I, and, and he's also, because I haven't met him, he's a, he is a character. He is a, when you say like larger than life uh person yes. he's just he kind of come in and then uh, when you talk about like good 
coaching voices. Yes. He has a great coaching voice. Yes, and he's from I want to say Finland. Yes, I think I think that's what it is. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm like eighty percent sure. But and uh, he he would have some stories for you as yeah. well. Yeah, well, yeah, we need to get hold of these. Yeah, guys. but you're bringing up all these yeah. names, and I'm like <laughs> using me as a plug. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's what. Hey, that's what. Hey, this is what it's here for. You know. But, yeah. But um, so I would say I got serious. It was I started to get serious that second year, Brahmas. Whenever I made the double A team, we were terrible. The first year or the second year? The second year, the double A year. Whenever we moved up to double A, but that's when it all started to come together for me personally. Yep. Um, because I, the most challenging thing for me was is at seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I would say by the time I was probably twelve, thirteen, I was probably about five eight. 135 like i was big right yeah, yeah yeah so once my skill and my comfort level on the ice started to catch up that's whenever i think myself and my parents also started to notice hey there is a legitimate opportunity here yeah yeah and so at the end of that season there was a the Dallas Stars elite U13 team at the time or whatever the team was at the time was also playing in that Mm -hmm. in that um ntxl yeah nextl i think yeah. they call it next yeah nextl and michael young who's might be my favorite coach ever said he wanted me to come and i wanted me to come play for him next year and he offered me a spot during the season mm -hmm. went and played and whenever i realized that it was actually serious like okay this is a completely different world was whenever i was 13 and i went to the spring camp for the dallas stars elite and we had um, Eric Silverman was out there, Michael Young, um, and a couple other coaches. And they were treating us like we were 17, 18-year-olds, expected yep. to make a cross-ice pass. Yep. Why did you do this? Like, pull your head out. You're better than that. Right. And after the first day, I couldn't walk down the stairs <laughs> at 13 years old. And that's, what, that's when I realized that it was, this is a completely different world. Yeah. But I also loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was the one thing that I miss most about playing, and this is the weirdest thing, is that after a game, that just exhaustion. Mm -hmm. yep. That you feel like you're in a car wreck, yep. um, but also getting the win, and it made it feel so much better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, but yeah, that's that's about the time it really it really got serious, was 13 years old, and, and hey, I have, I have a, talent here yeah that that i did i will the only thing i'll ever brag about is my work ethic but i mean that is kind of how i got to that point yeah but that's really that time period where well, it shifted well and i mean um i mean really if you're looking at and there's a lot of things that come into play when you talk about people being successful hockey players and you know um success is in the eye of the beholder but obviously if you've gone on to play college or you know, any level of professional, anything like that, or even juniors, like you can call that a success. Like you, you've, you've made it into a, a certain realm that most people uh, don't. But um, I was, I was kind of talking to a hockey parent about this today, but it's kind of like a, a mixture of, of kind of God given ability or athleticism. And then the other, like, I would say 50% of it is your work ethic. Like there's tons of people that are, are super talented, but don't put the work in or there's certain people that put the work in, but at the end of the day, they just aren't as, you know, athletically. You talked about yourself being, you know, a bigger, you know, a younger kid. I couldn't put on muscle mass till I turned like 17. Like I was like a buck 40 until, you know, 
but it's just everybody kind of has like a different, you know, whatever. But I, you know, I was telling this parent that, hey, like your kid has like, a, he kind of has that God given ability, but it's just if, if he really wants to continue to work on this, like he needs to be self motivated to do so. And it sounds like that's what you were was self motivated. One, 100%. Um, my parents, they had to spend a lot of money to remodel the garage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we put a net in there. And I mean, if I didn't have practice, I probably shot a thousand bucks after yeah. school. But I mean, it was it was still fun to me. Like yeah, it, yeah, it didn't yeah. look that didn't look like a chore to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. At all. And I mean, I put there was pot marks all over the yep. garage doors. There was holes in the walls. Yeah. Um, and and kind of piggyback piggybacking off the God given ability talent thing a little bit. Um, so I had the size right now, all those kids that I played with who are a lot smaller than me mm-hmm. and they were quick. The ones who kept progressing, they focused in on that quickness. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've played with a, quite a few players who had all the talent in the world, but they just, they just didn't want it. Right. And they would yep. drive me up the wall. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. But I also played with a bunch of guys who were a lot smaller than me, but I couldn't catch them. Yep. Like they had to put themselves in a bad position for me to catch them. Yeah. But but, but here's the thing, Isaac, and I, I've talked about this on other podcasts before, is that I wish people would understand that, and some people do, and I might be painting this with a broad brush, but there's so many different types of hockey players and you need a whole bunch of different ones to create a team. And I feel like sometimes when people think about like, like, oh, well, I got to score more goals or I got to <laughs> do that. It's like, no, like they only need a certain amount. Like, yeah, th- they're counting goals and that's how we decide who wins. But in order to get that win, you need so many other role players in order to make that happen. And I think that sometimes everybody looks up to the goal scorers in the NHL or they look up to this. It's like, I like the kid that's like, I don't want them to score. I'm like, you don't, you don't, that's your mate. He's like, no, I don't want them. I'm like, that is awesome. Like yeah. that is a, because... I have a story for that, but I don't want to jump ahead. No. Well, okay. Well, uh, save it until you feel like, uh, it's the right time, but okay. for, you know, cause, uh, Isaac, this, this is kind of to help, uh, it's supposed to be entertaining this podcast, but it's also supposed to help people. Um, you know, we're supposed to deliver, uh, information to them, but it, you know, if you have a kid that you see excels at like a certain, let's say he's not the top goal scorer on the team, but he's out there, he's skating hard. He's out there for like a penalty kill or he's out, he's doing well. Like don't count the goals. Don't count the points. Like at a certain point there will be success if they do what they need to do on any particular team. And your kid is not always being asked to go put the buck in the net and that's okay. What? 100%. Yes. Like, I mean that, the higher up in the levels that you get, it gets so much harder to score. Whether that's whether that's from JV bronze to to varsity gold, yeah, it gets so much harder. And the things that win hockey games, yep. especially if you, the best example is just go watch the NHL playoffs. Right. It think about Justin Williams mm-hmm. made a NHL could be a Hall of Famer when yep. it's all when when everything plays out. From scoring big time goals in the playoffs. See Mr. Playoffs? Yes. That's his name. <laughs> Mr. Playoffs. Scoring big time goals in the playoffs, yep. but also doing all the little things, yep. like what you're Take hinting it, yeah. at. Yep. Taking a hit to make a play, mm-hmm. um, getting pucks in deep, changing at the right time, being yep. the hardest worker on the ice, yep. going to the dirty areas. I mean, right in front of the goal and blocking shots is another big one. I mean, you, 
you can have a lot of success in this game yep. by doing the little things and paying attention to detail. But So I blame, and I'm not out here to blame people or things, but I, I blame, I don't know, I am going to. I'm going to blame two different things. The first one is like the highlight clip. Yep. Because you always see, like you don't see the defenseman like deep in the zone, getting the puck out, like breaking, like you usually don't see that. Like yeah. you see the unless very, it's a big hit, right? But yeah, but then you usually just see the tail end of it, where it's like, okay, like they're entering like through the neutral zone, and you don't see all the hard work because that's not the highlight. The highlight is just the goal. So there's times that you don't see that. But the other thing I really feel like is that there's just there's there's moments where um, you you're not going to get that uh, that glory, if you will, and you know that going into it, like you're very well aware that like, hey. Like the work that I'm doing here might not end up like on the score sheet, but for the people, and I think this is where I was going with this, but the people that know hockey see those things and are like, oh, that's a good player. Like, but he will never end up on the score sheet, but you know, like, oh, that's your shutdown defense. That's your, that's this guy. That's, but for the, for the, and there's nothing wrong with being just like a, um, an average uh, hockey player. Uh, viewer or, or watcher but they don't see those things so they're they're always watching the puck they're not kind of seeing some of those other uh defensive uh attributes that some of those people have 100 percent, and i mean that i mean you're kind of detailing the second half of my hockey career right now <laughs> honestly i mean yeah that, um we can get into that whenever you're ready. well hey well should we just well here's what i'll do i'll go ahead and ma and make that Make that jump, and I don't want to jump over too much. So let me know if I'm I'm jumping over too much. But when we talk about, so you're you're, you're playing for Stars Elite. Um, are we starting to get a little bit closer to that second half that you're talking? Yes. About? Okay. So then take it from here. So second year Brahmas tore it up. Yep. I was either the second or third leading scorer in the league. Are you playing offense or defense? Now? Offense. Okay. I was okay. always, always either a right winger or a center. Oh, okay. No one ever put me on defense. I don't know why. Looking back on it, I would have liked to try it because that's all I play in men's league. Right. Okay. Because so I that, don't want to skate. That's the thing. That they're, well, yeah, but that's smart. That's just smart. That's smart. <laughs> but so, yeah, um, right winger, center, and then first year stars, U13. Um, top line top center or winger mm -hmm. um really really great year u14 year we were bad we were bad against stars elite got shelled every single game yep. top line again u15 started the this skill the hands didn't really come with it right come with me all that much and so i kind of fell down the totem pole a little bit yeah but i was never scared to block shots mm-hmm um, if I got you with your head down, I was going to take it off. Yep, <laughs> I mean, yep. that's, that's how I played. Um, mm -hmm. didn't necessarily yeah. want to hurt anybody, No, but, you're... but if it happened, it happened because mm -hmm. I knew if they got a chance to take a run at me, they were going to, and right. that's, I, and with the stars elite and for people who don't know, they play in the tier one elite league, I think still, but, um, you play against teams, the LA junior Kings, yeah. the Chicago fury, all that. And so. As big as it might seem, that community is very small. And you learn players because you'll play with against players from 13 all the way through U18. They got yeah. on the same well, team. Well, because they're the same age as you are, and you get you guys keep making the yeah. same teams that are playing against each other. And so, and so there were some pretty interesting rivalries, some stories with some of that um, we might be able to get into. But mm -hmm. once I got to U16 is when I had to start changing my game. 
Yep. Um, I had to simplify it a lot. Um, and it went from, it went from pretty much guaranteed half the game to, I might get six shifts in a game. Yep. But every penalty kill I was on played, um, block shots, get pucks in deep and go to the net. Yep. That, that was my game. Yep. And from U16, U16 year, it was really that way because I played, gosh, uh, Maxime Latunov, who was drafted, I want to say by the, he's with the Sharks now. Mm -hmm. I don't know who he's with, um, who he's drafted by. Um, Caleb Jones, who's with mm -hmm. the Blackhawks with his brother, yeah. played with him, who can walk, the, he could walk the blue line like nobody I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, I was just blown away by the things he was able to do. Yeah. Um, and when you say, just real quick though, when you say walk the blue line, uh, for everybody that doesn't know, what is it that he's, particularly so, good at whenever the defenseman gets the puck up at the blue line and there's a forward coming at you his ability to move laterally yep. across across the blue line and to make moves and to not lose the puck and to get a shot off or get a pass off that i don't even know how he saw that passing lane yeah it and he worked on it i would see him at valley ranch all the time working on it with his older brother yeah so he put the work in and it paid off he's in the show right now yeah chicago yep. and yep. his brother but um he was able to do those things, but that, how good of a team that we had that year. And I mean, I had to take on a new role. Yeah. And as much as looking back on it, I feel that, you know, what, ex coach might've not given me a fair shake, mm -hmm. but at the same time, that, that play style is what got me into college. That play yep. style is what and this will, I'll get to this in a minute, but almost got me into playing semi-pro. But yeah. pretty much for my U16 through my two years of U18, that's the kind of player I was. Yeah. And then I made, I was drafted into the North American Hockey League after my second year U18 in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I was the prototypical grinder. Block shots, every penalty kill I was out there. Um, hit everything that moved. Yeah. Fought to keep my spot in the lineup. Yeah. But I was okay with doing that. I mean, yeah. And that is an aspect of juniors that that is still there. And players you don't see it as much in the NHL because all of those players can skate. And yeah. Can uh -huh. play. Even yeah. Ryan Reeves. Right. I yeah. mean, what is he known for? Fighting. Right. But he can still play hockey. Yeah. yeah the yeah, days yeah. of staying on your wing, going up and down well, the ice are over. But they but they don't so here's the thing to, to piggyback off you real quick, but like if you're in the NHL, like there's plenty of guys that can fight you still have to be skilled enough to yes. play in the NHL. And I think that's yes. what that gets, uh, gets lost on a lot of people. One, 100%. And so, um, but yeah, that was my junior career. Um, and then even in college, I mean, we were bad. I mean, I came in King's College in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Um, I had a blast there the three years that I was there. Um, yep. All those teammates, never forget them. Mm -hmm. um, so many memories. Um, but we were not a good hockey team. Yeah. And that was for that many reasons um the most and the biggest one and this is what i tell parents whenever they're talking about getting their son or daughter into travel or going from double a AA to triple a there is a certain level of intensity that is there yep. that those kids and in juniors and in college it is full tilt the entire time yeah there are no shifts off because you look at it from those AAA players, you're either trying to keep your spot next year or you're 15, 16 years old 
trying to get noticed by a junior team. Mm -hmm. And then once you're at juniors, you're trying to get noticed by college or NHL teams. Yep. And then once you're in college, you never know. You might get a semi-pro offer. Mm -hmm. And so that, uh, and so we didn't have a whole lot of players who took it that seriously. We had a fair bit of players for especially our first two years yep. that they just wanted to play college hockey. Yeah. Which, I mean, okay, cool. Like, yeah, if, I mean, if you're able to do that, then you know, and if you're if you're good enough to do that, then then that's great. But but it, it's gonna hurt your teammates. Because, and it did. It hurt us because there's other teams. I'm assuming that are playing for more than just yeah. Utica is a perfect example. They are in our conference, and I mean, just go look up national champions for D3 hockey, and you're gonna see Utica on there a lot. Yeah, and they would have Division One transfers. They would have guys go play. Um, in the AHL, in the East Coast, top leagues over in Europe afterwards. I yep. mean, and this kind of goes back to what you said with, we noticed the highlights for skilled players. Everybody thinks D1. Yeah. Nobody understands that coming out of D3 hockey, you can go play pro. Right. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. There are players all the time mm -hmm. who go play pro and have 10, 15 year careers. Now they're not making as much money in the NHL. Right. They might go to. 10 different teams, mm -hmm. but they make a career out of playing hockey, doing what they love. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so I, I have had this thing, though, because, um, and it's just kind of like, what's the best thing to base on? Because I, I didn't play college hockey like you did, but when I meet people and I, I see people and I see how they play, um, I really feel like sometimes, and this is a, definitely a broad brush here, because obviously the top tier D1 teams, like those are just, you know, those most of those kids are going to go play pro. That's just... Or they're already drafted. Or, or they're already drafted or whatever. But like the in-between, like even the middle to lower D1 programs, you get a D2, D3, that's when everything gets really a lot closer. You know, does that make sense? Yes, 100%. And it's... And it's... Those teams, especially for D3, I mean, all of those guys, they work so hard right not saying that d1 guys don't right yeah not yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. they don't yeah. but it's it's a very north south game so i guess to clarify you'll see players who they're very skilled and they're considered an east west game they might instead of taking the puck and dumping it in they might curl or they might curl take their time with it but especially d3 hockey it's very north south and yep. it's chip chase and check and mm -hmm. you have to it's Big boy hockey. Yeah. Um, and I would describe the same thing for the North American Hockey League versus the USHL and the British Columbia Hockey League. Yeah. Um, so like some viewers might be um know a lot about the OHL or the WHO, the Q, where a lot of NHL draft picks come right. from. Right. But in the United States, the top league is the USHL and the Canadian equivalent would probably be the British Columbia Hockey League. Yeah. Tons of skilled players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to have a lot of skill to play there. Yep. Same thing with the North American Hockey League. But it's very north-south. It's yep. very hard. It's it's a beating. I'll never forget my first year. We were probably 35-ish games in. And yep. actually, you just hit this invisible wall. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, good Lord. Yeah. This is a beating because it's every single weekend, two games. Five games a week, bus trips that are five, six hours long, mm -hmm. and it wears on you. But yeah. again, I liked that. I mean, that yeah, was fun yeah, yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and 
again, also those are memories I will never give up. Well, and so another thing too, because when you're talking about these uh, different leagues, um, so like the NA, because I've always considered the NA to be a really good league. Like NA is good, and I know they have the NA three now. But it was funny. I've told this story maybe a couple times on the podcast before, but uh, when I was in Tulsa, I, I wasn't. I was aged out. I was just working at the rink. Um, but we had a team called the, uh, it was the Rampage. So we had a, the Tulsa Rampage, but they were WSHL. So this, so now I think, I think that that's just like in a three now. Right? Yes. They fooled. I actually ended up not to overstep. No, 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 go, no, do your thing. Not to overstep on your story. No, no. So I ended up being a suitcase in juniors, which means you just bounce around. Yeah. yeah, a bunch yeah. Of places. Yeah. So after my first year at Wilkes-Barre, I got cut and then I went to Topeka, Kansas still in the North American Hockey League. And then I got traded up to uh, Boston Generals. Mm -hmm. um, and I was living in Boston. Um, I was, for about a month, if I walked out of my apartment with my other guys on my team and I went left, it was the hood. Yeah. Like, I, like I, don't, I don't mean, I don't say that jokingly, like, Mansfield. Oh, like, yeah, 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 kind yeah. Of, no, I mean, like, you don't go left. Right, yeah, yeah. You don't go left. Mm -hmm. um, if you go right, <laughs> there's <laughs> Providence. Right. Like, there's the college, but it was the craziest thing. But right, yeah. I was, didn't have, a, didn't have a bed, sleeping on the floor, sheets and pillows. Mm -hmm. I was miserable, and I decided, I'm, like, I was ready to quit hockey at that point. Right. So, but I had. Jeremy Law, who comes from DFW, um, knew of me and brought me out in the WSHL, and I went and played in Missouri for a little bit. Oh, so you did play? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I'll say um, they don't have an import rule, so imports like as non-U.S. or Canadian players. Yeah. And so there was a bunch of Europeans in that league. Yep. Very, very, very skilled. Oh, no, there's a lot, yeah. yes, Very yeah. skilled league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, the biggest difference between the WSHL where I saw skill level there mm -hmm. that could rival USHL, USHL players. Yeah. It was the intensity, attention to detail yep. and willingness to do the little things that win hockey games. Yeah. And that is the difference between somebody who for you look at the stat sheet and somebody in 60 games in the WSHL will put up 125 points. Yeah. But why aren't they playing at another level? Mm -hmm. That is the biggest reason why. Yeah. And, and, and I think, and I actually, I think my story will end up just making your story work out here. But it was, it was one of those things where they had sent a kid down from uh, the NA. And, and I don't know the backstory to this. I don't know if he was good in the NA or if he was, you know, really good or if he was just, if, I don't know. Okay, we'll put it this way. I don't know if they were just trying to teach him a lesson or if whatever, but he was only down for like a weekend. So a weekend uh, back then, I think that they would play like against the same team, I think at least two or three times, like in a weekend, but it would always be the same. The first game, he goes out and he scores five goals against the other team. The, it, the total score was like seven to one. So he scored like five of seven. Next game, same thing, scores three or four, whatever. And these he's playing on a team with a bunch of, because mostly the Tulsa Rampage is mostly local kids, but... I don't know where this kid came from, but it was one of those things to where this is the difference just in junior hockey. And that's not even saying like the leaks per se, but just is why is this kid here? Like you said, there could be a kid in the WSA, WSHL that scores, you know, uh, two and a half points a game, but can't make it to the NA. Then you have a kid in the NA that has to drop down or something's wrong with him. So much of it is not based on 
points. There's a reason. Like, yeah, there's always a reason. And I yeah. think that for people that are, because not a lot of people are familiar with, you know, junior, you know, hockey, but there's just, there's so many reasons why kids are able to break out of their lo local area or not. And I think a lot of it has to do with being able to play roles. And, and I'll tack on another thing, especially not so much juniors, but with AAA travel, even high school, parents, you guys make a difference too. I yeah. mean, if, if your son or daughter can be amazing, but I've been a part of teams and witnessed it where players did not make teams yeah. because of the parents. Yeah. And the best thing that I have could ever tell a parent is regardless of anything crazy happening to your kid, it's better to go unnoticed yeah. other than asking, Hey, can we get lessons? Hey, can, what can my son to get, do to get better? Right. Asking why they didn't get ice time or asking why, why are they on this X, Y, or Z line? Yeah. If you do that enough, that can affect the relationship with the coach and the player. Well, and at it a, does. Well, at, at a certain point, you know, obviously this doesn't happen in our level with high school, but at a certain point, the questions are being asked by certain organizations about the character of the parents. And a lot of the parents don't realize this. Yes. And some that, of them yeah. do, but not all of them. Some of them do. And I mean, that, that, those are questions that junior teams. So, I mean, here's, here's another crazy thing that I'll never forget. So the North American hockey league has this, they call it the NA showcase every year in Blaine, Minnesota. You have NHL scouts, college scouts coming to watch you at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. And these junior and college scouts, and I don't, I never got talked to by an NHL team, so I don't know, but I imagine the questions that come up are first about the player. Okay. Well, what about his character? What about home life? What right. about grades? Right. All of those things are talked about and asked about. So those things need to be in the back of a player's and family's mind. If they get to a position where this looks like right. it could be a scholarship or it could be a career, those things well, come into play. But Isaac, why do you think, and I know you know the answer to this, this is rhetorical. Why do you think they're asking those things? They're asking those things because they already know hockey wise. Yeah. They like, that's one thing they know they have top scouts they have you know the best people about being like as a hockey player i know exactly who that kid is yeah but that's not enough like no it's not and and, and right. at, at the end of the day here's the other thing the hockey world is small the coaching world is small everybody talks so it, at the end of the day and this is just a little piece of advice for uh, you know parents out there but it's one of those things to where at the end of the day like the way that you communicate with your coaches or uh, even I'll make it broader, official, anybody, the way yes. that you communicate with your player, like you can slow the progress of your son or daughter down that is trying to make it because, and you know, obviously this yeah. is when they're getting a little bit more serious, but sometimes I don't think that gets taken uh, into account because it, it doesn't. And, it and, really and, doesn't. And at the end of the day, these organizations and it gets like this a little bit more into travel, but these organizations, there's no reason that they need to deal with some of these parents, you know? It it, yeah. it is completely like, you know, there, there is, there is no reason that, you know. Well, think, think about it like this. If you're Dallas Stars Elite, because whenever I was playing for the Stars Elite, you saw the Ice Jets, um, hockey club, 
by the Tigers or whatnot, whatever they're called now, they were Alliance when I first started. Yeah. So you had three AAA organizations. Mm -hmm. As I got older, it made its way down to the Stars Elite and HC Dallas, and now there's just Dallas Stars Elite. There's one AAA team yeah. around, but there is enough talent to fill those spots. Yeah. If, if I'm looking at a kid who's might be like myself, who they can play here, they just have to work really hard and they have to do the little things. Yep. But mom or dad or even X, Y, or Z reason might be a mark against them and they have another player of the same stature mm -hmm. who that mark's not there. Yep. I promise you coaches are well, making those decisions. Well, here's, here's the other thing too, because we're talking about kids that are maybe, I'm just going to throw out a number, like 17, 16, yeah. 17. Let's, okay. let's throw out a number. So most of these 16 to 17 year olds, they've been playing since like five or six. Yeah. Or, you know, if not, yeah. if not from younger there. Yeah. So a lot of them are so close skill wise. Yeah. You're getting it's, so, so at that point you are literally just. You're splitting hairs you over are, a lot of kids. Yeah. And, and some of these, I mean, I hate to say it, are guesses or, you know, it's yeah. just this one, like, I don't know. At the end of the day, they're, they're, they're not saying, oh, this is for sure the top, however many they want to take, 22, 23, whatever it yeah. is. At the end of the day, it could be like, I don't know, that kid, he came in, he was early, that guy was late, that, you know, because, yeah. and here's the other thing, Coach Isaac, or I call you Coach Isaac now, because that's <laughs> what I usually call you, but the other, the other thing too is that I feel like there's more people playing hockey now than there was when we were growing up, what so now, now it's even more crazy. Yes, and, the, and the, the difference between top to bottom, and I mean, I keep going back to stars elite no it's such a, that's a good i mean that's a good it uh, was yeah. just such a big part of my growing up yeah i mean the talent level from top to bottom i mean we could see the difference mm -hmm. and like coach like if you're there you can see the difference and be, because it's so small and you're in it but if you were to take a step back and just go watch a the next time there's a showcase down here for take U14 to U18, doesn't matter. Yep. I encourage anybody who's listening, go watch it. Yep. And then tell me one player who doesn't belong to be there. Right. Yeah. You won't, you might find one. Yeah. May, maybe. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Because of the talent level is that close. Yep. And so whenever, like we were, talking about kind of to circle back especially with colleges they're going to ask what your grades are because if i don't know if you're going to be able to play yep i'm not going to take you Un unless unless you are just that good which does happen but those but those are when we say dime and dozen like it's literally like one out of every 10 kids on a team is like a superstar yes and as and and, and that probably might even drop like you know when you get older there might not be any superstars on your yes and it like, means okay my my best example that'll tie into this is look at the past stanley cup champions mm -hmm. st louis blues tell me a superstar on that team like crosby or ovechkin or mcdavid or mckinnon yeah, I know, uh, tarasenko would be the close i'd come up with and i would say and i think stop. he was like hurt <laughs> but but and Petriangelo, arguably one of the best defensemen in the world, yeah, every single year, yeah. But he's not out there doing what Kale McCarr is doing. Yeah. Well, yeah. They well they they were they were fighting each other in practice up until like they won. I don't know. Yes. If yeah. That. They they turned it around and they ended up winning. But like that's the perfect example of 
of the way you play is arguably at a certain point more important than necessarily how many points you actually put up. So I'll and I'll add this team, and I'm not particularly a huge fan of this team, but I liked the run that they made. But it's kind of like the Canadians. Yeah, the Canadians made it there. Like, did they belong there? Like, probably not. But at the end of the day, they got there by just playing com- a complete team game for as long as they did. They had great yes. goaltending. Like everybody gave it their all. Like they had the they had not the right players to win the Stanley Cup, but they just yeah. had you know just enough grit and just enough talent. Uh, to kind of bolt, to kind of pull that out a little Same bit. Thing. I would say s- similar to the stars, although I think the stars definitely have more talent. But yeah. whenever you're comparing to the Lightning, I mean, they play just as great. They the Lightning can play whatever game you want to play, yeah, and they can play it better, and they have more skill to play. It. But if you want to talk, if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about a lack of superstars, I really feel like when the Canadians yes. made it to the Stanley well, yes. Cup. I could besides Carey Price, I couldn't name. I mean, or they had uh, they had Shea Weber. Shea Weber. I and mean, Cole at the end of his... had a had four or five really, really, really good games. Yeah, but outside of that, I'm just you know, but but that's the type of hockey that needs to be played sometimes. Um, well, hey, so I do want to get into because you know I usually bring this up on the pod um, because I do think it's important um, for the people that are listening, whether it's parents or sometimes the kids listen. Um, but I want to kind of talk about like the transition into you like no longer playing competitive hockey. Okay. And like, you know, for some people, because I think that you are kind of in a spot where you were able to transition into coaching, which I feel like makes that transition a little bit easier. What? Yeah. Yes. And but, no. but yes. And no. okay. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go. Cause you kind of, you kind of understand where I'm going with this. Yeah. So I kind of want you to. So, yeah. so. And for those of you that have a visceral reaction to this word, but COVID-19 played a huge part into why I'm not playing anymore. But so my junior year, we weren't able to play COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, wait a minute. We might've finished our junior year. I can't, I honestly, I can't remember. No. Yeah. We finished my junior year. Um, and then our senior year got canceled out. And so all I was doing was practicing. I was up there in Pennsylvania. Um, but I had been dealing with this back injury since I was first year junior. So 18. And so now I'm 24. Yeah. Um, and I was always told, oh, you're just tight. You're just tight. You need to go get it looked at X, Y, or Z, whatever. Um, stretch more, get your quad stronger, which never made sense because hockey's completely quad dominant. So, right. Yeah. You, and you, I, it's, yeah, it's not like it's going to get any, I yeah. could, I couldn't get, I right. physically Maxed couldn't get them any stronger. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> just, I was, I was at my limit. Yeah. So I went, go to get an MRI and then I find out I have a 17 millimeter bulging disc that is pushing on nerves and causing nerve damage in both my legs. To put it in perspective, the surgeon that I went to, to get the MRI from, they do, they recommend surgery at five millimeters. Okay. So it was, it was way it bad. Was yeah. beyond bad. Right. Um, and from. Whenever it would get bad during the season, I would show up an hour and a half-ish if I could, because in college, we'd practice at four o'clock in the morning. That yep. was fun. <laughs> Three <laughs> years, that was a grind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would have, if I could, I would show up an hour and a half early. It'd be um, a stretch, then hot tub, then stretch again, then hot tub, then a massage, 
just to be able to, whenever it was bad. Yeah. Are, but are you thinking at this point, sorry to interrupt, are you thinking at this point though, they're just like, man, I'm not doing the stretching enough or I'm not, or at, at a certain point, are you like, nah, like this is. Like, there were, there were moments like whenever there were times where I couldn't, I physically couldn't bend at the waist more than probably to like 10 degrees. Right. At those moments, I'm like, okay, something's, something's up. But in my mind, it was, I don't care. I want to play. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing too. Just throwing this to the side. That's the other thing too. Whenever you start to get older and you get more competitive, mm -hmm. there are so many kids who are there to take your spot that if you can't play yep. or X, somebody will. Yep. Then that's the other, then that was, especially for somebody like me who was maybe not the most skilled. Yeah. I had to work so hard. That was always in the back of my mind. Like yeah. I did, I'm not going to let, if I can get to a point where I can play, yeah. I'm going to be on the ice. Yeah. I'm not going to, somebody's, there's not going to be anybody who's going to take my spot because I can't fight for it. Right. I wasn't going to let that happen. Mm -hmm. That's the side. But, so then finally get it looked at and then our senior season's canceled and I have, um, a little bit of interest from the Allen Americans here because I had some connections like, Hey, like, yeah, we might be able to get you a tryout. Mm -hmm. Um, there are new head coach who had just taken over with the, um, Wilkes, uh, Kings college had some connections in the SP, um, thought had talked to a couple of those coaches and I thought long and hard about it. And I knew that getting my doctorate and going to master, getting my master's and all that, that was the end goal. Yeah. Like, at the very, very end. Um, and looking at it, this is the first time I ever really had to be realistic mm -hmm. in that, okay, so you have a not, not just like you're hurt or like, oh, like, yeah, you're injured. No, you have an injury. Right, yeah. You can get surgery now and back surgeries aren't that successful and you could be in pain for the rest of your life or it can fix it and you can go right back. Right. Or... And well, if I was to get that surgery, it would guarantee me one later in life. So I just, I kind of had to make the decision that, you know, I'm not going to be making a whole lot of money. I'm going to have to have another job, this back surgery thing. I'm not in pain all the time. Actually, since I stopped playing over the last year and a half, there's only been one time where it's been aggravated. Right. So as far as making the smart decision, I think I made it. The yep. decision that I wanted to make was to keep playing. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's tough at the time. You know, in retrospect, yeah. it was the like, right decision. Retrospect, like, that's a smart thing to do. And the reason why I said yes and no about coaching is, is there's moments, or even in adult league games, where whenever I'm feeling it, yeah, like, okay, I mean, give me a summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I might throw some feelers out there. Right. And, I mean, I had a buddy of mine who's um, still at King's College. His brother plays in Spain and wanted to bring me out there, too. I mean, and that's... Mm -hmm. And that make you make enough money to live off of my have a second job, but I yeah. mean, that's playing hockey. And yeah. so that transition period, I didn't know that I had played my last competitive game. Oh, really? Like that last game of junior year yeah. was before COVID really took off. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know that that was my last competitive I didn't, game. Yeah. I never really, I didn't, I didn't put that. I didn't. And so that's why it's this so weird. I never, I never had this moment of sitting in the locker with my jersey on, like, yeah, I just, like, it's done. Right, you didn't get it. Which, do I wish I ha had it? Yes and no, because that would be a really hard thing to go through. Yeah. 
But at the same time, I also I didn't have to go through it. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's like but it's one of those things like do you go through the pain so that way you can at least say that it's been completed like it's like you haven't been able to complete that part or I don't know yeah, am I I, I don't want to yeah, I don't want to say that for I you. I mean, sort of I think for me because I might not show it all the time. I am. I'm constantly thinking, and I'm. I would classify myself as a deep thinker. Anybody yeah. who knows me really, really well will know that my brain's always going, and so yeah. I think about it a lot. But then again, at the same time, it is what it is. At yeah. at this point, it is what it is. So coaching for me, it reminds me of that a yeah. lot, especially still being so close to it. Yeah. Um. To that moment or that over six months of realizing oh like this slow gradual process of realizing that yeah you're not going to do what you just did for the last 17 18 years that you loved so much yeah and that you could have a career out of mm -hmm. it you don't have that anymore i didn't have that screeching halt moment right yeah, yeah. it was more of this just slow wind down but and I would say probably for the first couple months, it was weird not going to yeah. the well, because it's every your, day. it's your your routine. And, your... and it and and this is something that I also tell parents, especially whenever the season ends, let your kids be kids. Yep. Because so, like for me, growing up playing for Stars Elite, we would travel 13, 14 times a year. Mm -hmm. Those were my weekends out. Those are my parties, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean that, and it can become your identity and it did for me a little bit to where it was a detriment to where i would be in my own head yep. and i would get so anxious and so worked up before a game i was about to throw up yeah and and it kind of wore it can wear on you and so mm -hmm. you see these guys in the nhl who are coming out about just the anxiety aspect of hockey yeah the reason why i think it's so different is one, it's not micro, it's not under this microscope like other sports. Yep. First of all, mm -hmm. like it's not under a microscope like we have with the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. Second, it's also the mental and the the physical wear and tear that wears on you mentally once you get to a certain level. Yeah. And how I was talking about it earlier is you don't want to let anybody take your spot, but mm -hmm. There's times where I had a fractured foot, broken ribs, um, a dislocated shoulder. Yep. Like, and it's the question is, is, okay, are you hurt or injured? Okay. Right. How injured are you? Right. Is the next question. So there's like three tiers. And then, <laughs> and then on top of that, there's a certain pride as hockey players that you take in being able to take everything that comes your way and keep playing. Yeah. And like to push through that and you're expected to. Oh, hockey hurts. Deal with it. That honestly, right? That's what is ingrained in. That was what is ingrained in me since I was thirteen years old. Yeah, and that was one of the other parts of playing travel. I mean, now they didn't neglect us. There wasn't no, there no, wasn't no, no, no. Players no. just do. It was it was different back then, though. Mm -hmm. I think it it's was. better. It's better for that now. Yes, like yes. I think it's way better for that now. Yes, one hundred percent. Um, and just in case anybody like any people who really like really really take looks at that i just want to be like plain and clear i wasn't like neglected by my parents or anything <laughs> no, like that or, no no but you just push through you yeah you push through that mm -hmm. and, and it's expected that is the game of hockey i mean patrice bergeron this is the one i always think of and then rich peverly as well i'll mention him after but 
Patrice Bergeron played the game seven whenever they beat the Vancouver Canucks. He had two two broken ribs and a torn labrum. Yeah. Rich Peverly, whenever his heart stopped, one of the first questions he asked is, can I get back on the ice? Right. Your screws have to be loose to play hockey. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> like, but it's because those guys have pushed through. That's not the first time they pushed through. Exactly. So and I mean, but the how they get there is that is ingrained in you from a very young age. And that's mm -hmm. what it takes to win. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. I mean, you'll even see it, some coaches, some high-level coaches. I mean, actually, this, this might sound bad, but this happened more back in the day. I don't see as much anymore. But if there was a kid that, you know, had leg injury on the ice or whatever, it's like you skate off with one leg. Like, that was always, like, the thing. That's, that's like, I've, I've been you, told that. Like, you skate off with one leg. And it's, it's I understand it because it's, like, it's getting them used to what yeah. would happen yes. in a normal situation. But when, when, when you're trying to tell that to, like, a 13-year-old kid that's like, I can't feel my leg. It's like, skate. So like, here's, here's a bitch. Here's a, another story to piggyback off that. So my first year playing for the Stars Elite, we went to the Bauer Invitational Showcase in Chicago that they have every year. I think they still have it every year. Um, but um, they um, we watched the Russian, the Red Army 13-year-olds play the St. Louis Blues who just won the U13 National Championship. Mm-hmm. The Russian, there was a kid, a Russian kid, who I'm telling you was on the ice for probably a minute and could not put weight on his leg. Yeah. He literally crawled off the ice. Yeah. That's the expectation. Crawled off the ice. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not, AAA teams aren't doing that over here. No. But the expectation is, is you do not lay on the ice unless you physically cannot get up. Right. Yeah. And so one of the biggest things for coaching for me that I've had to adjust, honestly, is seeing the other aspect of hockey of, of kids who might not have taken it as serious as I did. Yeah. And learning how to coach that, learning how to connect with those players. Yeah. Because in... It's very easy, for, like, in the grand scheme of things, was I a good hockey player? I mean, if you do the statistics, yes. Yeah. Statistically, I did things that yeah. point whatever 1% get to do. Right. But in the grand scheme of that point 0.1%, I wasn't, I really wasn't that good. And I'll be the first one to admit it. I'll accept that. Right. Which means there's an entire other world that yeah. I was never exposed to that I'm seeing now mm -hmm. that... Those players, a lot of them cared just as much as I did. They, they act, they cared. They might not have worked as hard, but they still love the game like I did. Yeah. They, they still enjoy putting on the skates and showing up to the rink, scoring goals, making big hits. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's a different side of it that, that as far as coaching, that that's really opened me up to is, is how to connect with those players and how to push those players. Yeah how to how to try and push those players beyond what they think they can do well and that's i i think always one of the things that uh good coaches like yourself uh, you. are trying to do but uh isaac this has been like an awesome episode i always think the best episodes are the ones where i don't have to talk a lot and i get the story <laughs> from like it, it was just it was really good and i think also um you know because you're a little bit younger than me so it's one of those things to where i know some things but i also feel I feel good checking in with a younger generation. And, and, but also, uh, when I do that, I feel like it's good to understand that things haven't changed too much. Because think things do change uh, quite a bit these days within the hockey realm. But um, we're, we're almost close to the, the end of time here. You, you've done uh, such a good job. I think this is going to be a great episode. 
Um, but this is the last part of the show. And we do this at the end of every episode. And so uh, I'm hoping that you are actually, I don't care if you're prepared or not, because sometimes if you're not prepared, it actually ends up being pretty I'm good. I'm not prepared. I have no okay, idea. Okay, here we go. This. Awesome. It's always good. But uh, anyway, we have the shout out. Now there's rules to the shout out. This okay. is the only part of the show where there are rules. Okay. Um, but the rules of the shout out are essentially, um, you have to say something and it has to be positive. Okay. Um, now this could be uh, friends and family. Uh, this could be a coaching mantra. Uh, it could be an idea. It could be uh, thought off the top of your head, but it has to be positive. Okay. I have two. Can I do two? You can do. Yeah, no, you can do as okay. many as you want. The first shout out that I would give, and we already kind of hinted at it, was my parents. For sure. That'd be the first one. My parents were the biggest supporters of me growing up, and I wouldn't have made it excuse me, I wouldn't have made it to anywhere where I am now without them. So that, that's the first shout out. I am forever in their debt for everything that they did for me from going to the rink at five o'clock in the morning to them traveling them sacrificing their time. So I am eternally grateful for everything that they had ever done for me. Um, yeah, that's, that's the first one. Um, the second one and I are positive or just like a bit of advice just from my experiences is, is any challenge that you have is an opportunity to get better. Ever, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you think somebody's screwing you over. It doesn't matter if you think that you're not getting the opportunities that you should, or if you have an injury or whatnot, you can always control your outlook and the level of effort that you give 100%. And that's my biggest advice to anybody in the world of hockey, especially. Hey, there you go. I think that's a great shout out. See, you, you aced <laughs> the assignment there, coach Isaac, you got the, you got the family in there. You got some good uh, hockey stuff in there. You, you aced the assignment. We need to do this again. I enjoyed this. This was awesome. Th this is a lot of fun. Well, so here's the thing is that we can do it again. Um, a lot of the times what I like to do, cause I don't uh, like, I usually don't have a guest on for a second time. I usually have them on as a co-host for somebody. I'd love to that do that. Be so if you would ever like, blast. uh, still trying to maybe get some other people that we know on here. And, uh, I feel like when people get comfortable on the mic, they're like, all right, I want to come back and do it again. I'm like, we will, let's just find a third person <laughs> yes. and then, uh, and then we can do it again. But, uh, anyway, um, so you're good on your shout outs. Yeah, that's that's good for my shout outs. Gotta always get the parents in there. All right. Always. Well, uh Coach Isaac, here's gonna be my shout out. It's gonna be kind of for you. This is kind of <laughs> for you. Okay. And then uh and also Coach Isaac, I know we'll talk about this a little bit uh afterwards, but um here's what I'll say is that my shout out is for being uh challenged. Uh and this is a as a coach or player, but I'm gonna speak specifically uh as being a coach. And so Coach Isaac, this was kind of the first year, first season. Um, and I, 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 I'm going to say this the, the nice way possible, but there's, there's been times in the past where I get assistant coaches and they're, they're, they're there to kind of like help. And they understand that, you know, I know a lot and that, you know, they kind of, um, they don't challenge me as much as I've been challenged this year with you, but I mean this in a good way. I, I think I, that is a good, I, I, I do mean this in a good, compliment. no, it's a, it, it, because there, there are certain things to where, and I think a lot of coaches get like this. I think they get set in their ways and they don't have anybody challenge them after a while. And when you're not 
when you're set in your ways and you don't see anything negative come from your ways, you're like, well, no, this is just the way that things need to be done. And the, the, this is what we need to do. Da, 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 da. But sometimes if you can have somebody come in and challenge you just a little bit, and I think we've both learned quite a bit from one another. 100%. But when you have somebody come in and challenge you, and especially somebody that you respect, because I've respected you from, you. from, from day one, Appreciate but it's, just, it, it, it is, it's one of those things to where you kind of made me try and be a better coach, if that makes sense. Yes. Because I, I saw, I saw your passion for it. I knew that, and I think you'll be a great head coach whenever that comes to be. I have 100% certainty. But it was just at, at at the very is more at the beginning of the season. I'm like, I've never had anybody. Like, they just usually just let me do what I like. They don't tell me what like what's going on here. But at the end of the day, Isaac, I think that I can take this season and the way that we've been able to communicate, and I think that we communicate really good now. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things to where like I have improved off of being challenged a little bit, and I want to, I want people to take this and more than just like being a coach assistant coach be challenged as a player be challenged yeah. as be challenged as a coach it's yeah. okay it's okay for sometimes you to rethink some things and to be open to the possibility that that things need to be tweaked every once in a while um and so uh and you helped me on and just to piggyback off that it helped yeah. me a lot at the beginning of the year because like you said really passionate and i was bringing and i talked about this earlier i was bringing a very limited perspective to coaching kids yeah. that that don't have an experience in the world that I grew up in. Yeah. And I think you really helped me with, with learning how to talk to them. Right. Yeah. Learning how, okay, you can't just jump right into this. Right. Start with this step. Right. And then go to that step. Yeah. Because I, if I didn't have that, honestly, somebody to pull my leash back a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have been able to effectively get through to these kids yeah this season because i would have just been operating on a level that was yeah. but, it was be greek to them but 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 the thing is uh, the thing is isaac is that i saw the passion the passion like it wasn't nothing that you were doing i thought was ever to negatively affect yeah. me or step on me. it was just one of those things where i'm like this kid's ready to go yes. he's really like, he is ready to coach he's right so like all of that was uh, you know, it was just, it's all good. And I think that we've both become better coaches and we can say this now because we just finished our last practice yes. and we only have one more game, <laughs> but no, I think that it's made us both, uh, hopefully better people and better coaches. Yeah. 100%. I enjoyed the season as for all of its ups and <laughs> wide valleys. <laughs> There's uh, so many things that can happen in a season, but, uh, either way, Isaac, I hope that you know that, uh, I appreciate you. And, uh, so that's my shout out. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, all right. Well, hey, uh, Isaac, if you're good, I'm going to go ahead and do the Matt Taylor list. Um, you can catch us on faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. That's faceoffspotpodcast.com. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, we have an Instagram. You can check us out on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, any place that you get your podcast, you should be able to find us. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Coach Isaac, that's usually what I call you. I feel like if, if I don't call you, if I don't it's call stuck. you Coach yeah, it's just like you're Coach Isaac. I don't it's know. It's, just, it's, it's right there. But uh, anyway, I appreciate you coming on. And um, anyway, for everybody listening, we have episodes coming out every Thursday. So uh, make sure to check us out. All right. Uh, Isaac, you good? Thank you. I look forward to hopefully making it back in. Nah, we'll make another one. We'll make another one. You've been too good. But uh, anyway, check us out every Thursdays. Episodes every Thursdays. All right. Later, guys.